Hey guys, it's episode 9 of Short Side Wristers. On today's episode, we're going to go over the things I want to see in NHL 20. We're going to talk about the new Huck cards that were released, the not very good, and playing your forwards on defense. So let's jump right into it. So there's been a lot of discussion lately about things to add to the game. Obviously, we're in a state where we're still trying to fine-tune the gameplay aspect of it, uh, but that's always going to be subjective. Uh, for the most part, though, obviously, um, for example, the skating and going back to the beta, everyone wanted that, really, as far as the skating goes. Not so much everything else from the beta, but everyone wanted the skating back, so that's not really subjective. Everyone wants it, essentially. Uh, but let's talk about like quality of life things, uh, because I find that if we can put some quality of life things into NHL, they're never really it's never really a downfall. Um, and the community obviously really loves that stuff. Now, obviously, it does take some resources to implement things mid-game, uh, but I want to go. They've been doing a fantastic job at it this year more than any other. Like I mentioned in my last podcast, for example, even adding things like being able to sort by handedness in hut or by overall. Those are small changes that do take a little bit of resources to put into the game, but they're fantastic, and the quality of life of the game it just goes up, and it's a great thing for the community. Everyone's happy, and so forth. So, um, other than the the gameplay aspect of it, which I think is always going to be. Um, debated as far as um, getting it perfect um, because when you play you're never going to have a positive connotation with how the game is if you're not successful at it and the people that are successful at it consistently there's only a small batch I mean there's only a hundred top 100 players you know so I don't want to say everyone doesn't like the game because they're not winning consistently but it definitely adds to it and I think it's just a lack of self-awareness from a lot of players uh, myself included before I you know had a wider view on things that being said, so the things that I would love to see in NHL 20, I would love for them to either remove things that are not used in HUT specifically or make them usable. So let's start with Draft Champions. So it's an on offline-only mode, obviously, really, and uh, the, the player base for it is obviously smaller. There's a lot less offline HUT players than there are online HUT players, so... Well, I think that it should still be in. It's a cool concept uh, because, you, again, you get to draft a bunch of players and some players that you're never going to have on your team if you play offline, you know, the, the the big ones, the legends and whatnot. So it's a great time, a great way to try out those cards. I think there needs to be a reward system or something that you can get that will make players play it um, to have it have a reason to be in the game mode okay uh again other than it being like this kind of gimmicky niche thing inside of hut i want it to actually have a purpose so um i think it, it was nhl 17 that had it perfect where you you grinded it a ton and i think you got like a 93 willie mitchell if i remember correctly which is just an insanely weird card to give out but again people played it for that or i believe there's a ray emery that had unreal synergies at the time again i'm just going off the top of my head but um fixing that would be fantastic i would love it if there was a card that you could grind for within draft champions because then at least that promotes the game mode and then you could have things um like a team of the week draft kings draft kings a team of the week um draft champions where you get to play with all the team of the week again this will be a way that you can use cards that you never really have think of it like a um an offline loan only mode i think that would be uh, beneficial to players that really really do like draft champions because i think that it has a potential uh, to be good inside of the game the next would be saving your strategies and lines in versus i 
cannot for the life of me understand why this isn't in the game, especially with what is happening within the NHL and esports. Versus is going to see an influx of players like it hasn't seen in half a decade when it was the priority, the, the you know, the, the priority game mode because of how e big esports is getting. Um, the fact that there's three tournaments coming up right now in the next, you know, month, it just goes to show how big it's going to get. Now, the fact that every single game you've got to change your stuff if you get, if you go into another lobby, it's just mind-boggling and kind of unacceptable uh it'll be something that i bring up every single time that our opinions are asked inside the game changer chat i think that again a quality of life thing whether it takes a little bit of coding and work to put in uh, i think that this one is significantly worth because it'll help every single versus player not someone not not just a few but literally every single one and even if you can't um, save lines, at least be able to save your strategies. Uh, I hate having to do it all. Like, it's just like, a, it's like three minutes before every game. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just friction. There's no, there's no need for it, really. It, it, this is something that I, I strongly hope that they put into the game. Next up would be changing the reward progressions back to a tier system in sixes or EA Sports Hockey League. Uh, this year they made it where they introduced hockey bags, which I think is a really, really cool feature. Um, you know, it has potential. Uh, the fact that you're going to get rewards and open things up. Anytime that you rip a pack or open anything in a video game or in real life, there's a little bit of excitement to it. Uh, but the fact that people are Prestige 3, especially on PlayStation, when it's extremely difficult to even get a game, the amount of time that that took and to not have everything you want is kind of insane. Uh, the Jersey Tuck specifically. I think that for the main pieces, there should be a progression hit. Uh, for example, like jersey logos, um, the fact that your team logo might not be, you might not be able to use the San Jose Sharks logo on your team because you didn't unlock it or you didn't get it in a bag. I think that that's kind of a fault. I think that team-based ones should be, for the most part, uh, the ones that at least allow you to look like the team you want to look like. Those should be based on... Um, on progression where you hit a certain level okay here you go what it be it, it could be high it could be prestige too it could be an extremely long grind but at least you know for sure you're getting it same with the tuck obviously that is the most popular one um when you have a game mode like this and you see that everyone is that's all everyone's chasing for make that unlock the prestige three everyone knows it the grind will continue more people will be more likely to play it because they know at least there is a reward at the very end giving it completely random obviously has its downfalls now other things like the mouth guards or the sellies those kinds of things i 100 percent think that those should stay uh with the with the zip or the uh, the zip of the hockey bag um it just i think that there should be adjustments back to a, a level system where at a certain point okay here you go these are the uh these are the rewards you're going to get Again, these are quality of life things, so they're not going to impact gameplay per se. So, uh, again, gameplay, that's always going to be subjective. So these are just things, again, quality of life, I think that would help improve the game uh, as well as uh, make it a little bit more fun for us. So uh, the next would be roster sharing in franchise mode. Uh, it's kind of been a hot topic lately. Specifically with Tugi, who, um, if you don't know who Tugi is, you need to go follow him uh, everywhere. If you play franchise mode or anything offline in NHL, he's the king of it. Uh, the amount of roster, anything that he does every season is unbelievable. Anyways, so 
what he's been doing the last few weeks is going combing through the roster and finding contract problems where the contracts weren't correct for certain players. Uh, going through every single player and making fixing their overall as well as their potential and things like that based on performance, not his own opinions and whatnot, uh, but based on performance and, and realistic expectations. I would love it as a content creator, and I'm sure as a fan, there are so many people that still play franchise mode. They're just not very vocal. Obviously, it's an offline mode. You're probably not going to be online talking about it a ton. Um, but it is one of the core modes of NHL since I can remember. I mean, I think that everyone listening to this at some point in their life that's playing NHL grinded every game for over like 500 hours just making your teams and doing drafts and, and all that kind of stuff. Roster sharing allows us to have the most accurate, up-to-date roster as we can if that isn't able to be done just as you know from, from the A guys at launch, but have people that are able to put their rosters and their time and effort in to make these perfect ones. Uh, for example, another one uh, is um, Snipin' Score. What he does is essentially old-school rosters. So like the 95-96 season, he'll go in and edit every team and, and make it so that those rosters are what's in the game. That would be amazing, especially for content creators. The entertainment that we could like actually make of doing series like this uh, would be awesome, especially with gameplay. If someone wants to play the 92 season on and start you know, with the Penguins or the Rangers and play with all those old legends and players, that would be super cool if we were, had the ability to just you know roster share. Now, I think that technologically-wise, it's probably something difficult to implement, and maybe that's why it hasn't been already, uh, but it's something I do hope that they do very shortly with NHL 20. Okay, guys, these aren't the most important. These are just some of the things that I would love to see. There's a million, obviously, but um, these are, again, just the things off the top of my head that I would like to see. The next would be being able to search the auction house for whatever card you're selecting in wherever you are in Hockey Ultimate Team. Other than going to the My Collection screen, going to the team, finding the player, and then searching the auction house, uh, it would be... 10 times easier to not have to navigate all those menus by just being able to like be in your edit lines or um, wherever you are, maybe even in the pack screen, and be able to search the auction house there. Uh, that would be great. I know that it's. I've found it frustrating at times where I'm just looking at my team or looking at my collection as a whole, and I have to go through the actual team set to find the card I want to see what the auction house price is for that specific card. I think that it might be an easy fix. I don't know, uh, but it would be something I would like to see in NHL 20. So, guys, let me know in the comments section what you would like to see. Again, if you have something, I'm going to do this near closer in the summertime. Again, this is my first year of being a game changer. Uh, so, obviously, there is a meetup and whatnot where it's kind of like a meeting of all of your thoughts and whatnot, and I want to be super prepared if I do get to go, which I hope I do. Uh, so anytime that you guys have an opinion or things like that, I'm going to make a video and you know in the comments section where I'm, I'm asking for your opinions. Please let them let me know what they are uh, on Twitter as well at No Sleeves Gaming. If you want to get at me and you think you have a good idea, uh, shoot me it on Twitter. That'd be the best way to do it as well. So let's moving on to another topic. Uh, forwards on defense in, I guess, hut or versus, obviously a lot less, uh, on, on, uh, versus because of, 
uh, the allocation of your resources as far as your team goes. You have less top-end players, obviously, so wasting them on defense or wasting them on defense isn't really uh, a sound strategy. But let's talk Hut for uh, for a moment. Um, so if you guys haven't watched my streams or know who I am, shame on you. Uh, but I have one of the best teams on PlayStation. Yes, I've spent some money. We're not going to talk about the amount. I'd like to stay married. So, that being said, uh, with a very good team, I do get to see what happens at the end. So at some point, you guys are all going to end up with a very, very good team. You keep playing, even if you're just free to play, whatever. And I don't judge anyone that pays for the game. Uh, I put all my money from Twitch and YouTube back into my hut team. I kind of see it as an investment because I get to make content on Twitch and then YouTube and whatnot. But uh, if you don't spend money and, you know, that's fine too, man. But don't look down on people that do. Uh, I can't stand that because it's like that's how you choose to play the game, man. I don't judge you for going out and getting slammed on Friday and Saturday night, right? You shouldn't be judging people for spending money on a game. It's their hobby. It's whatever. That being said... Let's discuss your roster lineup currently. So in the current tuner, I have been mentioning in my, my videos recently that it's all about adjusting in-game. I don't believe that there is a strategy setting that is end-all and be-all for everyone. One, I think that there is a strat set that works best for you. I think watching my videos or anyone's videos that is you know uh, that that has a vast knowledge of the game is beneficial just by just for the fact that at least you have some sort of strategy. So it might not be the best one, but understanding how to use the overload, for example, at least you you go into the offensive zone and you have a little bit of an idea of what you're trying to do. That's going to make you like a div three player alone. Um, so those the, what what I want to talk about though is is roster creation currently. So. In the current tuner, there's no there's no way to get the puck back without you really getting it. Um, in the beta and launch, bumps were a gigantic thing. And again, I love them. I understand why people didn't. Uh, it's all about self-awareness. I just the, My play style tailored perfectly to the, the bumps because I don't press R1 really, or I didn't. And I never go for hits. Uh, I have played an ungodly amount of HUT, and I still don't have the Darren McCarty uh, legend card for 5,000 hits. In fact, I'm over 1,000 away. And I put in, God, it's got to be over 500 hours probably. And I still don't have them. So that puts that in perspective. Um, now, with the current tuner, though, when they when they dim down the AI to not attack the puck, they can attack the puck carrier. So if you have it set on high aggressiveness in the defensive zone, your players will still go up and, and basically touch them. But they won't actually attack the puck. And the reason for it is it's to help promote... Um, not using the skill zone. If you don't know what the skill zone is, it's basically an NHL 18 where you'd set your D on high or your your defensive players on high aggressiveness. You'd sit in the slot with your center and you let your D just go to town and get the puck back because they were just monsters. Um, that isn't the case this year. You have to actually play really to get the puck back, and it's why if you if you find yourself getting significantly out time on attack. That's fine if you're playing passive and whatnot, which you should, because it, it's a good way to learn how to block, uh, you know, re read the play. But if it's consistent, that means that you're being, you're you're letting your AI do the work. And in NHL 19, it's not a really successful way to go about it in the end game. So, currently, you're not going for big hits really in the defensive zone. You're playing the stick now. So that takes care of the argument of you need to have big players on defense. Player, one of the biggest things that I get in my chat and in my comments is that I have Bernie Jeffrey on, on as my first line, the 91 Bernie Jeffrey on as my first line left D currently. 
He's five foot eight, maybe, and a hunt a buck seventy. He's basically me. Okay, he has ninety nine speed and ninety nine shot. Like I think he has like legit the best shot outside of Gretzky and Mario. Now. I also advocate for using point shots because, A, they're stupid, easy to do, okay? So someone that is newer to the game or um, not elite or looking to get better, point shots is an easy one. You you wind up for the one-timer, you shoot far side, and if you have someone who has an amazing slap shot on defense, it's going to go in quite often. So because that there is really no necessity to attack with the body in the defensive zone auto hold like holding is is very very um i would i would definitely advocate for that but body checking and whatnot in the defensive zone specifically because everyone's just kind of holding the puck and and waiting for you to make a move those guys that hold the puck in circle waiting for the short side wrister if you go for a hit that's what they're waiting for it's not something that you want to be going to do uh and obviously with a short guy, you you're, you're faster. You have more agility. You play stick on stick and not the body in the defensive zone, and you're going to find it to be more effective. So, what I've done now is I basically put forwards. I, I I disregard position now, and I hate it. I'm OCD. I hate having forwards on D. I don't like it at all, and I understand the players that don't. Totally fine with that. I'm just saying that if you want to create the best team, okay, there's no quantitative stat that I can find that actually benefits having a defenseman on defense. Something that I've been uh, that I'm going to find out, I swear to God, it is my mission, is what do defensiveness or sorry, defensive awareness and offensive awareness do in hut and versus and franchise mode. I can't get a straight answer on it because it's not a quant it's not a it's not a number thing. So with a shot if you have 99 slap shot accuracy, you're going to be able to nip corners. Okay, you can see that. Like if you use a if you use your Wayne Gretzky 99 and you circle in the corner, there are wrist shots and windows for the short side wrister that I can do with him that are ridiculous. Whereas if I'm using base Clayton Keller, okay, who's got like 80 shot, uh, there's going to be times where I send that four feet wide. Same with speed. Now, sometimes, uh, for whatever reason, base cards catch up to my Gretzky or Lemieux, but that that's a whole other topic. Uh, you can see who's faster, okay? Like, you can see that. Defensive and offensive awareness, you can't see. So, until I can actually get an answer on it, and maybe I can. Oh, maybe I'll ask the devs again. But I can't get an answer as to what it does. What I think it might do is those times where you're playing the puck, okay? So say someone's down low and you're playing, you're attacking him with your own player and the AI is in the slot covering the, the one-timer, okay? Sometimes the guy, he'll he'll tie the guy up. He'll basically bear hug him and that guy in the slot is useless. Other times, it's like he can't find him and doesn't know where he is and he just leaves him wide open for that one-timer. And it, it seems super inconsistent, but I'm wondering if that's what defensive awareness does. Because until that's, that gets said, like, here's, if you have someone who has 99 defensive awareness, he's going to play better defensively. But what does that mean? Is he going to chase? Is he going to stay in position? Like, I would love to see some proof on it and, and side by side, that's all. And maybe that's something I will do in, in you know, later videos or something if, that, if I am able to. But it's just not something that you can see. So that being said, I now prioritize this. How fast is he? He needs to be fast, and the reason for it is you want to be able to either catch guys that are straight lining, 
or you want to be able to make sure that you can get back if you turn it over. Okay, so 99 speed. That's what I'm looking for now, specifically in HUT on my team. And what you guys choose too. This is the tiebreaker. Okay, so how fast are they? Whoever's the fastest, whether it be a forward or defenseman, that's who you want on defense. Second is shot. Obviously, in the offensive zone, D to D one timers are stupid simple and very effective still. And not wrist shot, okay? So ignore the wrist shot stat, specifically slap shot, okay? Uh, you need to make sure you either have really good slap shot power or accuracy. But if he has a better wrist shot, put him on forward. Put him on the wing. Uh, the wing is where you're going to be trying to pick corners of the short side wrister and things like that. Uh, so make sure that their wrist shot is better there. For defense, slap shot power and accuracy, that's what you want to do. And that's all I care about really currently. And it's been super effective for me, guys. So I don't know. Maybe let me know if what your guys' thoughts on it are. Again, I don't. If you don't like having forwards on defense, I totally understand it. But it just, if we're looking at numbers, there's no reason not to uh, until it gets kind of proven that, hey, if someone is better defense, this is how someone is better defensively, and I just don't know it. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what you guys think. And lastly, let's just go over quickly uh, the new content that came out last night for Hut. So there was the 82 primetime Matthias Ekholm and the 87 Philip Forsberg. If you pack either of these and you have a free-to-play team or, uh, you know, you're just looking to invest and you maybe you opened up a pack, please sell them. Okay, guys, they are worth, I mean, they're not worth a lot, but uh, you need to get rid of them. Anytime you get a primetime or a milestone card, for example, um, you really want to, it's worth way more to you in coins than it ever will be. Uh, as a player because you could sell that get some coins put it into your coin collection and then you know buy someone that you're going to have for much longer um unless i mean even currently right now the only primetime card i would even consider going to buy like actually go to the auction house find him and buy him would be the 90 carry price i had a feeling after speaking with a developer in one of my prior podcasts about how uh, frame by frame the higher statted cards on on goalie are actually better uh, obviously because they're higher rated but that's how they work but then the bigger goalies uh, will miss the glove saves but it'll hit their shoulder kind of thing you get a combination of a big goalie with great stats and i think that's where the sweet spot is and carry price is both so the primetime carry price is someone i would love to try because i think that he might be one of the best goaltenders in the game right now and then we got the milestone tuka rask 84 overall 